welcome back to Going Deep with Brit English. We're joined with Leslie Kay from Grounded Leadership. Thank you so much for opening up your home to, oh. to me and to us. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for coming. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad to be here. Just a quick question I want to ask you about. Mm. What is a leader to you? Oh, what is a leader to me? Mm. I think for me, a leader is someone that can learn and embody their experience and then pass that knowledge on to the people that they are leading or guiding. Um, I don't really resonate with the term leadership. It's quite interesting because given that my business name is Grounded Leadership, but I, I guess people in corporate relate to that word more. Um, yeah. And for me, it's about bringing that awareness to the greater population okay. um, and sort of allowing it to seep into the everyday norm in the corporate world. Beautiful. So you've got like a bit of a two sides going on. You've got the corporate side of you and then you've got the the spiritual, mystical, mm -hmm. shamanic, medicine woman side. Literally, yes. So mm. I call it weaving of worlds. I'm here to bridge the gap between the corporate that we know and try to bring more awareness to the ways in which we can integrate our natural state of being. Mm. I love that. Hey, how, how do you find balancing those two? <laughs> Is it tough? Because you must have like some spiritual happenings and awakenings and things that just boggle your mind and you're like, well, back into the corporate world. Oh, <laughs> uh, it, do you know what? Embodying my practices is probably the, has been the most challenging, but the most mm. rewarding and the best way to really ground in um, yeah. everything that I've learned over the past, say, 18 months. Um, it can be challenging because mm. corporate, you know, it, there is a shift. We're starting to talk about emotional intelligence, and, which really is just awareness and self-awareness. And once you start to become really self-aware and you get curious about your patterns and behaviours and perhaps why you act in certain ways, then if mm. you follow that thread and go down the rabbit hole, hopefully you end up on the other side of an awakening. <laughs> wow. Did, did you start off, because you had a company in recruitment, is that mm, right? Yes, yes. And Grand Leadership, is it the same thing or is it two No, so I still have uh, the corporate business. Um, I, won't shed, I won't go into that too yep. much, okay. um, but uh, essentially it has held me through my expansion and through mm. my awakening. Beautiful. And I'm very grateful for the lessons. Um, it kind of brought on some really big pivotal moments in my awareness to self-discovery and mm. um, it got to a point where I couldn't, I couldn't ignore the signs that I was the cause of all the perceived issues in my life. Okay. So I say that you, you're the common denominator and all the good and all the bad in your life is you. Mm. So if you feel that there is a lot of things happening to you and to you in victim mode that um, you want to understand, yeah. then the only way to resolve that is to look within. Okay, beautiful. Mm. Amazing. So in Grana Leadership, people come to you to become leaders in whatever they're trying to do? Yeah, and, and it's really self-leadership. So mm. um, one of our pillars is the self-responsibility code. Um, okay. And for me, that is about self-reflection and really digging deep to understand yourself and how you show up mm. in the world and what motivates you and, and you know your patterns and core beliefs and the things that are really starting to mould your interactions with people around you. Yeah. What are the commonalities you're seeing with people that come to you that's blocking them from leadership or obstacles that they need to surpass themselves themselves always o okay literally always <laughs> mm. um it is people and i posted about it the other day like you sort of get to a level of self-awareness um where you can go one of two ways 
you can continue to unravel that thread and really dive deep into the thoughts and behaviours and patterns that you have that are shaping your reality. Mm. Or you can stop there and start to blame the people in your frequency for how they're showing up in your life. Um, Because they're matching your frequency. And generally they're a pure manifestation of things that you need to face. Wow. Um, So, you know, through circumstances that happened in my business, in my relationships, I started to notice that the same patterns kept repeating themselves. Mm. And it wasn't until I decided that I didn't want those patterns anymore that I started to choose differently. Beautiful. What were some of your biggest obstacles in becoming who you are today and having these businesses and showing up like you do? Fear. Fear. Fear of letting go. Mm. Um, And I talk about, it's like, and it it comes and goes in levels, but it's like holding on to the old version of you whilst Mm. trying to pull yourself towards the new version of you. And it's being in that in-between state where you know that this is going to be fucking amazing, but this is comfortable and you know it and it's safe. Mm. And it's like no one's going to guarantee you that this is going to be amazing except for yourself and this deep knowing. And it's really crossing the threshold to actually trusting yourself deeper every single time you're being called to level up in life. Wow. It's almost like you're afraid to lose yourself. Always. I'm hearing that somewhere in my head. Yeah. Lose yourself. Yeah, literally. (laughs) And I used to love that song as a tween, so maybe maybe I knew this was coming. Perhaps, you know. I, uh, That's what you're talking about, you know? Well, time's not linear and I, I mm. fully subscribe to that notion. So yeah. it's quite interesting to reflect on our journeys and um, notice, notice the cues that were probably coming to us well before we were ready to listen to them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, can I ask, what do you think fear is? And what is it oh. actually doing? Is it just an illusion that we create for ourselves or is it some kind of force? What do I believe fear is? I've never been asked that question before. Mm, I believe fear is part of the ego trying to protect us. Mm. And I believe it is a a false construct of keeping us safe. Mm. Because if we, you know, don't take that leap or take this step or invest in ourselves or believe in ourselves and we stay in this comfortable world, our ego gets to control because we're, we're comfortable, we know all the people, we know all the decisions we need to make, we don't need to change the decisions, we can stay in these habits and behaviours. Mm. Whereas, you know, um, when you start to envisage your higher timeline and whether that's through meditation or plant medicine or whatever that might be and you sort of get a glimpse of the life that you know you can live, you can either start to take the steps to become this person or you can allow your ego and the fear to control you and stay in this vibration because it, it seems that you're safe here. Mm, that's a very good explanation. <laughs> wow, yeah. Um, I have a few questions to get through. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot here. I can't remember all of them. That's okay. But there's a lot of sides to you that I want to mm, tap into. Mm. Um, but at the same time, is there anything that you're sort of not willing to talk about? Um, the only thing is, is letting go of Talent Crow because that's not public knowledge. Okay. Fair and enough. Just, but everything else, I'm like, I'm open book. Okay, beautiful. Um, in the development of your sort of psychic faculties and gifts, yes. what were some of the things that really helped you to unlock those, to be <laughs> able to hear more, see more, and get in touch with the greater world, I suppose? Oh, um, it's quite interesting because I would say the biggest key to unlocking, and it was probably forced open and probably not in the most responsible way, was a plant medicine journey. 
Um, now, I was given nine grams. Oh, wow. Yep. Mm. Well. Yep. <laughs> but I manifest, don't forget, I manifested this myself. Okay. Um, it's interesting because I was resistant to, and I've had plant medicine held by some beautiful people. Um, mm. um, and I'm not a doctor and I'm not here to advise people to take plant medicine or, you know, mm. but um, for me, it has been the catalyst to advancing my awareness. Uh, one, one thing I will say is make sure you are patient mm. and find a facilitator that not only has, I guess, done an apprenticeship of life, but has also done an apprenticeship of the mushroom. Mm. I would be asking them how often they sit with the fungi themselves, because for me, it would be a red flag if they were taking mushrooms every weekend per se. Yeah. Um, uh, I've noticed a trend with plant medicines that a lot of people have swapped their bag of Coke for a, for a bag of mushrooms mushroom. and decided that they're now enlightened beings because they get on mushrooms every weekend instead of Coke. Nope, you're still addicted, just quietly. Mm. And I would say a lot more dangerous <laughs> to... <laughs> good. good, but warm. <laughs> to, um, a lot more dangerous to open your open yourself up in that way constantly. Yeah. But I digress. Um, so yeah, so, so the catalyst to my greatest awakening or my greatest understanding, awareness of, um, to, the, to date, because I'm sure it's gonna expand, was nine grams of mushrooms. Um, now, the first part of that experience was beautiful. Um, I feel that I traveled through time and space and changed timelines. Mm. Um, I don't subscribe to the notion that time is linear. Um, a lot of spiritual people would have the same opinion, especially if you've had plant medicine journeys. Um, and whether it was that was the reality or now my brain thinks that it is, and, and I've studied NLP and the, some of the science behind the way in which we construct thoughts and memories. Mm. Um, so regardless of whether you subscribe to the notion that that was an actual thing that happened or my brain now believes that it's happened, it has allowed me to integrate and heal parts of myself in moments where I was um, sexually assaulted or didn't stand in my power or didn't speak my truth. So mm. for me, the experience was like going back in time to those places to reclaim myself and reclaim my power in those moments. Wow. And then it was like I landed home in my body and was able to um, fully be aware of myself and aware of my ability to trust myself and make decisions from a whole place. Wow. Hmm. How was it guided? Was there an internal voice that was guiding you through oh. this? Or was the person you were with guiding you in a way? or was it just A bit of both. And this oh. is like the, the first half of this ceremony was beautiful. Um, I will say nine grams is probably a little irresponsible, but again, I manifested this. So I actually have no ill feelings towards yeah. the people involved because I wouldn't have the level of awareness I have without it. Mm. Um, and I was able to handle it. Um, and I believe that my soul knew that I was going to be able to handle it and I needed that level of assistance to awaken myself to the depths that I have now. Mm. Um, and this is what I say, we manifest everything. So it's quite easy to blame and to get angry and to say that was irresponsible, but really I put myself there. Mm. And it worked out for the best. And it worked out for the best. I mean, yeah. 
I would say to anyone, don't just go dropping nine grams and thinking that you're going to become a spiritual guru because there was moments for the week after where I genuinely think I would have checked myself into a mental institution mm. if it wasn't for the people around me to help ground me back into this reality. There was a lot of aftercare done by those who weren't facilitating. Not, no, not the facilitators. Um, people in the, so like my closest friends mm. would come and it was almost like the recognition of them um, allowed me to bring myself back to this reality. Mm. Um, and every morning I'd wake up and I'd go put my feet on the grass and I would look at myself in the mirror and be like, cool, you're here, you're in this timeline, you're present and you're safe. Mm. Um, and there was a lot of... You know, um, my awareness came online really quickly. So I was hearing voices, I was feeling energies, I was really attuned to other dimensions, other beings. Wow. And when you don't realise that that's what happened, it can be quite overwhelming. Mm. Um, How do you feel that you controlled that those new abilities to be able to hear voices? Like, were they disruptive or were they kind? Or how do you block them out if you don't? So I didn't really sleep and this was the catalyst for feeling unstable because, and well I did, I closed my eyes, but I was definitely not in my body. I was astral traveling. Um, other people have versions that perhaps I was still going back to those places and gathering parts of my fragmented soul um, because I'd mm. wake every morning terrified. Oh wow. Um, one of the things that came from that was the ceremony wasn't closed properly. Um, so when that was brought into my awareness, um, I was also advised to get some patchouli and valerian from um, Joel Camp actually. He wasn't okay. the one that facilitated it by the way, but I asked him for advice and mm. he said get some patchouli and valerian and rub it on the soles of your feet um, and then intuitively close the ceremony. And that's exactly what I did. Wow. Um, channeled light language um, and intuitively closed it and brought my soul back and then I was yeah. able to sleep that night. Wow. Mm. So it's almost like you just, your body upgraded in a way and your different parts of you were all over the place and you're doing work retrieving it in your sleep and you couldn't sleep. Yeah, and I that. couldn't sleep, yeah. And, but mm. then, so, and it's quite interesting because, you know, bringing all that experience back online in, so I, I actually describe it as like having jet lag. So mm. it's like my spiritual body went from here to here and this physical carbon body went, what the hell are you doing? Mm. I'm not ready for this and I don't know how to integrate and respond to the level of awareness you've just brought to me. Mm. Um, which is why it's really important to look at all aspects of our physical self. We can't just blast open our spiritual awareness, mm. then not bring on board our logical mind with education. True, yeah. Um, and bring the most important for me has been bring online your body. So somatic mm. experiencing has been the key to really integrating all of my experiences because it's allowed my nervous system and my body to contain the expansion of my mind and my soul. Okay. What kind of experiences were you doing? What, what somatic experiences were you doing to keep up or get your body upgraded? To keep um, up and it wasn't, I guess, I didn't go in with the intent, intent to, I guess, upgrade my awareness. Um, for me, um, I've had a lot of trauma, um, mm. sexual assault. Um, my parents were drug addicts mm. um, and alcoholics. My whole family, in fact, was in that realm of what I believe, actually, they had a lot of awareness and didn't know how to con control it or okay. deal with it back so in those quite times. Gifted spiritually. Yeah, and, um, you know, I used to think my mum had a mental illness, but the more I travelled down the route of self-discovery in this spiritual space, I believe she actually had an awakening and didn't know how to control it, so self-medicated. Mm. Um, 
it's probably similar to how I felt the week after yeah. doing mushrooms to that extent. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 I was doing somatic experiencing actually to be able to hold the frequency of love in my mm. nervous system. Um, because one of the things with trauma um, is we have a window of tolerance. Mm. Um, and I'm just learning breathwork and the window of tolerance now and I'm not an expert yet, but it was my ability to hold any form of emotion was small because okay. I, I never actually allowed myself to feel. Mm. So when I first started to heal myself and become um, spiritually aware, um, in the first couple of weeks it actually became very overwhelming because I was feeling for the first time. Wow. And I was almost unable to hold all of that emotion in my body because I'd never allowed myself to feel it ever. Mm. Um, so I was doing somatic experiencing to increase that container and to feel safe in my body to be and able is to... Is that things like breath work, yoga or... No, so somatic... somatic so, I've, so modalities I've done is breath work. I actually started yeah. with Tim Morrison's Invictus, um, mm. which is mainly breath work, and then one-on-one -on -one breath works and group, group breath works. Mm. Um, then I did a little bit of like talk therapy with a level of mediumship or psychic... Wow projection within that mm. um, I have done um, sound healing um, yoga interestingly is a great tool because it allows you to get into your body and, mm. and listen to what your body if you're aware enough listen to how your body wants to move um, and then somatic experiencing is touch therapy with talk therapy that's probably not the scientific term. Um, it's a lady called Holly that, that does it, and she's a, a magician in this space. So basically, we would go back to a memory. So she would take me to a, a safe space, um, like a meditation, and then she would ask me to drop into my first memory of feeling unworthy. So a little bit of NLP timeline therapy as well. Mm. And if that then elicited a, an emotional response, she would hold me. So she wow. would put a hand on my chest to make me feel safe. Sorry, I won't grab my microphone. So yeah, she would put a hand on her chest to make me feel safe or she would put a hand on my shoulders or she would hold my feet. Mm. So it was reprogramming the nervous system to make me believe that I was safe. Beautiful. And then when I had that awareness myself in my friendships and in my peer groups, if I was ever moving through big emotion or having a deep conversation with someone, I had the awareness to go, can you actually just touch me in, a, in a, an appropriate way, not an inappropriate <laughs> way, um, whilst we had this conversation. Mm. Because I was then aware enough to know my logical mind might be hearing you, but my nervous system's not feeling you. And if I don't feel safe in what you're telling me, you could literally sit there and tell me that you were going to give your life for me and I wouldn't believe you until I felt that in my body. Mm. Um, yeah, touch is very important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happens to my love language too. But um, <laughs> yeah, it... it it allowed me to get in my body more and trust it mm. um, because I'd done, you know, being in my masculine for so long in corporate, um, logically I'm quite intelligent. Mm. Um, spiritually I was coming online really quickly and my body was going, what the fuck are you doing? Can we slow down? Mm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for me, it, it just helped me integrate all that experience and really start to feel the safety in my body. What was that timeline between finishing the ceremony mm -hmm. and actually feeling safe again and Ooh. being able to use those gifts intuitively without sort of being like, whoa. Yeah, 
yesterday no um <laughs> no it, it's a journey and this was only eight weeks ago so still very new eight weeks okay mm. i've had a lot of uh so for me if i don't understand something i seek to understand mm. um and it's interesting because i don't ask questions to question people i ask questions to understand so i get really curious about things mm. um and it's probably one of my greatest strengths because i you know I'll go down the rabbit hole enough to understand, but I don't get lost in one thread. Um, yeah. You know, s truth seeker almost. I relate to that. I need to understand, otherwise I just I keep trying until I understand. Mm. But then it saves the memory and I sort of upgrade. Yeah, and like, yeah. so I'll get to a point, I'm like, cool, I know enough about that now. I don't need to keep going. Mm. Um, unless it's like, a, you know, for me, um, I will start to journey next year with learning how to at facilitate plant medicines. And they've Beautiful. called me for a very long time. So mm. at least I have an embodied experience now about what yeah. it means to give someone nine grams. <laughs> yeah, well, 100%. Yeah. You have to learn uh, through experience. And sometimes like the path of a healer is, Something happens to you and then you're going to find out in the future, people will come to you with that very same thing and you're going to help all these people. Oh, yeah. And you're like the first one to sort of go to that door on your own mm. or integrating on your own and now you've got all this knowledge and experience that you've understood. <laughs> and I've had people, even without plant medicine and, and, you know, some people get activated through sound healing. Some people are really sensitive and they don't need the mm. assistance of plant medicine. I happen to have, but some people get really disassociated with their bodies because they've had a level of awareness come online and they're not sure how to ground it in. Mm. And now I get to take everything I learned from my big experience and help people through their journeys in a more subtle way. Beautiful, yeah. Um, so when you're stepping into becoming a facilitator, mm. what were the plants that were calling you the most to work with? Um, it's interesting because I had a healing once um, and if you prescribe to these notions, past life experiences and um, I guess my gifts that were coming through to him in that moment, um, he said my greatest ability is to work with the earth and that I can actually work deeply with pa Gaia Pachamama. Um, and I was having this reflection um, just yesterday that with a girlfriend of mine and we were talking. She was like, well, maybe that's why plant medicines call to you so deeply mm. because it comes from the earth. Um, for me, uh, you know, I've only tried in-depth mushrooms. Um, I've dabbled with blue lotus. Mm. Profound experience. Profound. Okay. What, 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 what was, how did you do that? Was it the tea? No, I smoked it. Oh, oh, I didn't know we could smoke blue lotus. Yeah, yeah, you I can't. Guys, don't take my advice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to try it. But yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was profound. It, um, a similar, so every time I've been on mushrooms and whether it was 1.5 grams or, you know, 5 grams or 9 grams, I get to this um, place I call the in-between. And it's kind of in the area where you can start to play with the perception of timelines and really call in visions of your highest timeline and really anchor into that version of yourself. Um, and I found it quite interesting that Blue Lotus took me to the same place. That highest timeline? Mm, mm. Mm, and really sort of started to drop in um, knowledge and wisdom of how I get from the version of me that was came, walked into that ceremony to the version of me that was going to leave that ceremony to the version of me that was going to do all of the big things. <laughs> mm. 
Wow. So like you're sort of making a path now where you're jumping timeline to the highest one yeah. bit by bit by bit. Or are you there now? It's quite interesting. Um, I've reflected on this a lot. The, the, um, I was at an alchemy retreat with Tim and Sammy um, six months ago and that's when I was first given the concept of um, erasing timelines. Erasing? Mm. And is, that, is that scary though? Just like wiping that off completely? No, not at all. Oh, okay. Um, because the intent of erasing timelines is to get to your highest possible timeline in the with ease and grace, I guess, mm. um, to, to do it in a, the feminine way. Um, probably if I stepped back into my masculine, I'd probably knock down a few doors and go to battle, but that's that's old story. But um, mm. yeah, it was more the concept that once you have awareness that the ability to shift timelines and call in higher timelines is there, if you really concentrate and you really listen and you really mm. trust yourself enough to take you to that timeline, um, that it's possible to change your future Wow! because we can do it in the hard way or we can do it the easy way mm. if you erase that timeline are you erasing the memory of it as well i think you're changing them so if i think about you know changing the past per se in my mushroom experience i still remember I guess the potential of the bad things that happened to me, but there's no, it's, it's like the emotion doesn't exist. Like, it's mm. like, I know that that was a possibility, but I don't feel like it happened. Yeah. Um, I don't it know. It makes sense. The complete emotional storage of it is gone. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I say, rest. whether you believe in the spiritual side, or you believe in the neurolinguistic side of, of how the brain is functioned and how we wire the brain. Um, there's no emotion attached to that story anymore. And that is mm. the ultimate outcome that we want to achieve and that is healing mm, that is yeah. healing that's you know yeah and funny every um plant the last three plant medicine journeys i've been on it told me that i don't need the plants to get to where i need to go we just need to learn to breathe and to re deeply mm. listen to our body and to honor our body every morning and to move wow um i think we are so programmed to overcomplicate things and uh, seek assistance outside of ourselves yeah. um, and we're you know we're in a world where we want things yesterday and i'm guilty of that often yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know what you mean so you know i could breathe for six months or i could take some plant medicine and get there tomorrow um but it does open ourselves up to uh, i don't like to instill fear into people because i don't like the frequency of fear but i would just say be cautious with your need to have everything all at once mm. um, because it's laid out for us the way it is for a specific reason and I think we can get impatient and that's where we start to walk ourselves towards trouble. Yeah, that does make sense. I, I do know of, of a few medicine people, medicine women, medicine men, who have sat and done and facilitated um, very strong psychedelics for a long period of time and they have developed like nervous system disorders and autoimmune disorders and stuff like that, which they're trying to heal from, because it is very taxing on the system and it's very hard to integrate. So um, when I did my first mushroom ceremony, I was maybe about five years ago, three grams with a few, few of my friends in Bosleton, it takes a while to integrate. Like, I would go back to work and working in real estate and I'm like, I was really depressed, like, I don't like this life, but I couldn't change my life fast enough to keep up with what I just, the vision, what yeah. I just witnessed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it took me a while to integrate that experience and then accept and surrender and then 
years onwards, it got better and better and better. But yeah, as long as you have that time to integrate. And it's, I think mm. this is where I think people get trapped with doing plant medicine after plant medicine after plant medicine because mm. they, they want so desperately the life that they can envisage in, in the trip. They yep. know that it's possible because it's like you can see it, you can taste it, you can feel it within mm. your being. And then you, you get afraid in some instances to, to, to put in place the steps to get you there. Mm. So then they're like, cool, let's have, another, let's have another experience so I can remember what it was like to be here. And they don't integrate and they don't mm. do the work. They don't heal their trauma. They don't take responsibility in their relationships. They avoid conversations that are going to get them from this timeline to this timeline. They're not taking responsibility in their 3D reality. Mm. They're bypassing their experience and staying in the ethereal because it feels good up here. Mm. Sometimes it doesn't feel good down here to make hard decisions. Yeah. And a lot of people don't want to take responsibility for the fact that we've created this reality. Mm. This is possible 100%. Yeah. The, our highest possible timeline, everyone can achieve it. I've, you, you know, I'm still on the journey to getting there, but I mm. believe in every fiber of my being that it's possible. Mm. Now, I could continue to take plant medicines to remind me that that's possible, or I could start having the conversations and putting in place the things and seeking out the mentors and the coaches and the people that are going to help me actually ground it mm. into this 3D reality. Because a lot of people want to bypass the lives that we're living to, to take a magic pill like the matrix, red or blue, mm. to get them to this timeline. You have to ground it in, you have to integrate it, you have to embody it, and you have to start taking responsibility for the life you've created. Mm. Because even if you weren't on your highest timeline until this point, you're still the one that created it. That's true. And you can't take your old self with you. No. You have to let go of that. Let, which yeah. is all the traumas and the beliefs and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, when it comes to you connecting to your spirit guides, mm. Did they come through in this trip originally or have they come through in the time that's passed? I've had spirit guides come to me in shamanic breathwork experiences. Yeah. Um, the most profound one was an Aboriginal lady. Um, and again, if you prescribe to past lives, I've walked as Aboriginal in many lifetimes in this planetary incarnation. Um, and... She gifted me the Yagul, the creator. Oh, wow. Um, which is a tattoo that I actually have on my hip. I won't show you. We'll keep it PG. <laughs> um, and that has sort of been a catalyst to a lot of my healing. Like I really, like from the second that ink touched my skin, everything started to unfold at a rapid rate. That's the vibration you're holding on your body at all times. Mm. And also the constant reminder of it. Being that it's there, yeah. Um, interestingly, um, I've also been cursed in this lifetime by an Aboriginal witch doctor. Um, and it, I had to have that curse removed. Um, we grew up on a station. We were gold mining. We Is that didn't, north? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were gold mining. We didn't have permission to mine the land. Um, and yeah, I was cursed. And it wasn't until I actually had that removed. Again, it's so interesting. Once you have awareness of these things, and whether, again, it's psychological because you believe that it's happened or... I like to think that there's magic and magic's real. That magic is real. Magic is real. We are the magic. Um, mm. That as once that was um, removed, sort of everything else unfolded. Like this was before my mushroom ceremony, for example. So mm. Was this um, curse like a generational curse like on your family? No, me. Did specifically, you? yeah. So you had the gold mine. <laughs> well, no, it was my granddad that had it, but um, 
and I'm still investigating. I guess it's hard when your whole family isn't attached to this reality to get information. Mm. Um, I have pictures, but what I do know is that we had a gold mine um, that we disturbed some site. There was an Aboriginal lady that used to hang around the gold mine. We were taken there when we were very young. Um, and yeah, a curse was placed upon me. Now the curse was that um, healers couldn't actually heal me. Um, it was, wow. and I, I guess interestingly, once it was removed by an Aboriginal elder, because if it's an Aboriginal curse, an Aboriginal elder has to remove it. Um, my healing has come at a rapid pace. Mm. Um, to the point where I've remembered trauma from when I was two. And that has actually been the catalyst to integrating and embodying a lot of what I've learned because I sort of got to this stage where I'd done all of this work and I felt like I'd come home and I loved and trusted myself, but I knew I was still abandoning a part of myself, but I had no concept as to why because my earliest memory was four. Mm. And once I had the realisation or the memory of... Um, you know, being locked in a room at, at two years old and um, the feeling of, the feeling of pure evil in that moment and, and really understanding that evil does exist through a mm. felt sense. Yeah. And then allowing myself to, and I had a great facilitator, this was also Holly, I can send you your details if you, if you want to, but mm. uh, you know, she literally had to get on the bed at that moment and bring me back from that memory because it was so intense and the pain that I felt mm. was was catastrophic almost. Um, but she was um, educated and embodied in her practice enough to know that uh, for me to heal from that experience, I had to pick myself up off the floor and bring my little girl back with me. Mm. So she instructed me to pick up the little two-year-old off the floor and bring her out of that locked room and bring her back into this now moment and integrate her into my being. Mm. And remove her from that timeline. And remove her from that timeline, yeah. yeah. And and to um, take myself out of that that feeling, out of that the way of evil, I guess, in that moment. Mm. Um, and it's quite interesting because every time I talk about it, there's less emotion attached to it. Um, and I find it really interesting to witness that within myself because the first couple of times I record it, it still triggered an emotional response. Mm. Um, but I guess, you know, the more that I share that story, the, the more awareness I bring to people of the power and the ability to save yourself. Mm. That's beautiful and really powerful. Mm. Yeah. It's amazing that you've healed from that and your healing journey is so... From when I spoke to you last time, when we first met, <laughs> I was just like, my mind was blown. I'm like, wow, that's like... <laughs> that's, it's just amazing seeing the progress that you've made and also the skills and beliefs that you have. Just in the little conversation we've had, you would just close your eyes and just say something. And I'm like, whoa, that's really interesting. Like, <laughs> so where did that come from, do you, do you think? Is, oh. it, is it a certain guide you have with you all the time? Or are you just tapping into... To me, my, my, it's, it's my deep knowing it's, it's, and it's interesting because I wouldn't actually outsource my power to my guides either. Mm. I don't, for me, um, they're there to guide us. Um, they, they, they haven't walked our lives. Mm. They don't have access to our, our memories. They don't have access to our past life experiences. Mm. That's, um, Unless you give it to them? Potentially, yeah. 
Okay. Um, or be careful that it's not a projection of your ego. The guide? Oh, yeah. So you can talk to yourself sometimes. Yeah, I'm yeah. Channeling. Yeah, literally. Not. Yeah, because I don't, like, <laughs> I, I you, know, you know, it, um, if I have a, an Aboriginal guide and she's walking with me in this lifetime, potentially she's walked with, for me in other lifetimes. Mm. But, you know, um, if we prescribe to past life theories, I believe in every in, uh, incarnation we would bring forth different guides to guide us in this reality. Mm. that have an understanding of this world and how it operates. True. So for me, I don't, I don't like to subscribe to the notion of giving away my power to the people that are guiding me because mm. it, I'm living this life. True. It's my reality. Mm. They're helping me, sure. They might drop clues, sure. Mm. If we're subscribing to the notion that, that time isn't linear, then I've walked this path before and I'm either choosing to walk at the easiest, po easiest possible, possible way yeah. or I'm choosing to take detours to learn lessons that perhaps I don't need to learn if I heal the trauma in the first place. It's mm. interesting. So you, do you believe it's possible that we could actually live this whole life, die, be reincarnated as ourselves again to do the whole thing again? Oh. <laughs> it's, uh, it's yeah, that's, do you know what? I would like to think not. I genuinely would like, like I don't know. Have you heard of the egg theory? No, maybe this is the next rabbit hole I'll go oh, down. But I don't know, I don't, I think that's a dangerous concept because it almost gives you permission to not try your hardest in this timeline. Mm. Because it, it, for me that... For me it does. I don't want to do this shit again. You, you want to do this shit again? I don't want to do this you, I just want to do this right one time and not have to do it again. Yeah, so, but that, yeah. yeah, but oh yeah, so I see what you mean, but p potentially, but for me, I looked, viewed it the other way, that if people think that they can do it again if they fuck up, maybe they get lazy. Oh, true. Yeah, like yeah. maybe they're like, do you know what? I actually want to sit around and smoke pot because this is fun and I'm not going to... Yeah, next life, I'll, I'll fuck that out. Yeah, 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 right? So... Just let me chill, God. <laughs> yeah, literally. So that, to me, that concept is dangerous because... Mm depending on how you're wired and like we might not be wired that way because fucked if I'm doing this again I do it once and I do it right mm. I allow myself to make mistakes yeah. um we're, like I am living a human experience but I don't want to incarnate on this in this timeline again mm. I want to delete it well not <laughs> even no not no 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 I'll I'm very grateful for my experiences even the bad like and I and I actually don't like to use the word bad I'm going to figure out another way to frame that um, just the lessons, because without those yeah. lessons, I wouldn't have brought myself to this now moment. Yeah. And I'm like, parts of the last 12 months have been completely fucked. Mm. Um, it's interesting, a very triggering question I get, after, get asked often is why? why? Why be aware? Why bring yourself to this moment? Why, mm. why take responsibility for your life? Yeah, why, why be aware? Just have Do, a beer, chill out. Yeah, have a, literally, <laughs> I just, you know... Without going into too much detail, things that are happening in my life right now, a lot of people would get lost in and a lot of people wouldn't be able to process, I guess, or they would get caught in the drama or the victim or the, the unfairness of it, outsourcing mm. their power to things outside of themselves. When you get to this state of pure trust that you are held, literally no matter what happens, it almost becomes a joke. And it's not that I don't take my life seriously. Mm. I just think, well, fuck, that's interesting. How am I gonna navigate this by standing in my truth and with love? Mm. Um, with a sense of humor? With a sense, you have, to, you have to have a sense of humor and you have to be able to cultivate joy. 
Mm. You have to be able to allow yourself permission to be happy at the small things. Um, and I, like, don't get me wrong, I have a fantastic life through my lens mm. um, and an exciting life because I'm in the middle of a transition. Like I'm in the middle of um, being completely tied up in corporate to giving myself the freedom to be the full expression of who I came here to be. Mm. Um, and that can be fucking hard sometimes. Um, and old programming gets in the way a lot. Um, but it, it is the ability to come back to myself and say, what was my intention? And, and what, like, for me, love and truth has come through numerous times in plant medicine ceremonies. So if I find myself in a unregulated nervous system and making decisions out of fear or lack or from a place where I feel like someone else is not coming from love, mm. I have the ability to step back and, you know, do breath work or yoga and drop into my body and really try and understand where that decision came from within me and whether that's a thread I need to follow to heal some past wounding. Um, and can I make every decision from this point on from a place of love and truth? Beautiful. And how would you define the ego or what is the mm. ego? <sighs> my ego has been my biggest savior. Mm. And I don't like to subscribe to the complete notion that it is here for evil, I guess, or it's no good, or we have, you know, I talk often about ego deaths. Mm. Um, that's definitely necessary. It's quite interesting, um, all the, the things that are happening in my life right now, whether it's issues in friendships, um, relationships, in business, um, and not issues, lessons, <laughs> is a form of ego death for me. And this has been catalyst to really step out of victim mentality and into life is happening through me. Mm. To understand that to reach my highest potential, parts of myself had to die, including the parts of my ego that wanted to control, mm. um, including parts of my ego that really wanted to be seen as a corporate business owner and couldn't allow myself to be seen as a medicine woman, mm. um, including not being chosen in friendships in the way that I wanted to be chosen. Mm. Um, because if I had have been chosen, my ego would have said, see, I told you. Um, there's a lot more in depth to, to, to those, but parts of it were, were really just reframing my ego to work with me, not against me. Because mm. the ego is us, right? It is, it is. And we're not separate from it. We can never mm. be. Um, we also need it sometimes to get us through fear. Mm. So I, I don't think it's okay. You know, I talk about, yeah, let your ego die a little a day, a little today. Um, mm. And I'll have a thousand more ego deaths, I'm sure of it, especially as my medicine woman abilities come online more because we are so attuned to pedestal people. We are so attuned to need to seek validation yeah. and whilst you move through those layers and right now I can sit here and say I don't want to be pedestaled and I don't need validation from anyone else. But it feels nice. It does <laughs> but, I, but I'm sure as well 
as we evolve through layers, there's mm. different layers of that need True. Or, or that conditioning. Mm. So whilst I may have dealt with it on, on this level of evolution, I'm under no disillusion that it will have layers that I'll need to face within myself in other moments. Mm. That's true. I remember who it was a poet that said, um, neither applause or applause or praise and or the other one, when people um, talk down to you, or condemnation or, or, or applause, mm. handle them the same. Because mm. otherwise it's just your ego interacting with what you think you needed to be or to adapt to. I see this with my, when I was doing stand-up comedy, I'd often adapt my comedy to make the crowd be more appealing and I'd lose the essence of what I was doing. But I just realised, like, well, I'm just people pleasing the, the entire mm. audience. And it would just take me to a different road and I'd see other comedians doing the same thing. But then you've got people who just keep their original material and it's more uniquely theirs. That, that's, that, that's the way I look at it because I've experienced it. But um, yeah, I, I can see the feeling of that validation really motivates people to keep going. It's like how this system, almost like marketing in a way, will keep feeding the people what they want mm -hmm. so they can keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger, but it's actually perpetuating all the problems as well, mm -hmm. but it's profitable. You also, and it's interesting as I'm stepping into this space, you, you kind of need to give, like market to people or give people what they think they need, but show up mm. with what they really need. Mm. It's like you, you have to trick, not trick, I don't like that word. We have to... Groom the masses. Gr yeah, <laughs> and, and not groom the masses, but especially um. like playing in the field of corporate, you need to get past their their nose that their egos are putting in place. Yeah. So we have to sell them what they think they want, but give them what they need. I think it was like Henry Ford and also Steve Jobs. It's like, don't ask them what they want, tell them what they need. Yeah. And he's like, if, I asked, if Henry Ford was like, if I asked people what they wanted, they would say faster horses and bigger carriages. <laughs> so he just made the car and it was hard at first, but then it took off and it was, that's the way it's meant to be. Like the visionaries have to give them what they actually need, not ask what they want. And and as well, like everyone has the answer within them too. So mm. having that in intuition to be able to listen for the words between words and really understand what people are actually saying to you versus what is coming out of their mouth mm. um, is a superpower. <laughs> True. Because we are so conditioned to not know what we want, and when we're working with people that are perhaps on the beginning of their journey and don't know what their sacred yes or sacred no is, they'll just go along with whatever you say. So it's sort of mm. giving them back that power, but using your superpower to guide them to where they're going to come up with the right answers. Mm, that's true. I learned this with sales as well. Almost like appealing to what they understand, like using the words they use, their language. They, people have certain buzzwords they use. And when you use those words, they can understand you better. Almost like, I see what you're saying and things like that. Mm -hmm. They're more visual. But um, I want to ask you about the Lord's Prayer. Mm -hmm. um, how do you use it and what do you think it really is? <laughs> um, oh, it's quite interesting because this has dropped into my sphere, my awareness, my world um, often lately. Um, and I have memories of any time I was afraid when I was younger and I was born in an atheist family. We, you know, my grand, I was raised by my grandparents because my parents couldn't raise me. Um, and they were from Christian or, uh, backgrounds, um, but raised atheist. Okay. Um, but I would find myself in moments of, you know, 
if I was a afraid of something that was happening or afraid of the dark now I reflect on that probably because of the things that were happening in the dark but um, if I was afraid of the dark in any moment I would find myself reciting the Lord's Prayer mm. and no one ever brought that to me it was just something that made me feel comfort to know that there was something protecting me outside of myself mm. um, that you know even though I was little and seemed defenseless at the time, that I could call upon something higher than me to guide me and to hold me in that moment of fear. Mm. Um, for me, I use parts of the Lord Prayer in my daily meditation. Um, I use it in moments where I feel bad energy or negative energy. Mm. Um, and I sort of use it to incant protection. Mm. Um, for me, the biggest thing is declaring my sovereignty. Um, what, does that, what does that mean, declaring mm, your sovereignty? I'm a sovereign being. Mm. I am sovereign. I am sovereign in this body and no one has permission to control my thoughts, my body, my mind, my spirit, my essence, than myself. Mm. Um, and I think we're all so greatly conditioned to overcomplicate things. Mm. Um, I believe that, you know, I touched on it before. And again, I, I like plant medicine. I think it's a great tool. Yeah. But I do strongly believe that we can use breath to get to the same states. We mm. can meditate daily to elevate our consciousness. We're just impatient. <laughs> um, so, you know, Lord's Prayer or any of those in, in, incantations, I don't, I don't feel it, we have to overcomplicate the reasons why we use them and how we use them. Mm. I think if we choose to be sovereign and we choose to be powerful and we choose to inhibit this body in our sovereignty and don't need anything outside of us to, including spirits cause, and guides, because sometimes they don't have the best of intentions. Well, really? Yes. Your guides or other random spirits? In general. Um, and my guides I, I trust implicitly, but I, I, I think again, we can, we can outsource our power to people. True. And we don't really know you and can't just trust any spirit that rocks no, up. No, and you can't trust any guide that rocks up. Like personally, mm. you, how do you know that that's not a formation of your ego? Oh, oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> so <laughs> um, it depends how clear. How do you discern between clear audience and your mind answering its own questions? Mm. Um, because it comes from my body, not from my mind. Oh, really? Mm. Clear audience does. It's Where does it come from specifically? Is it hmm. the point of your body, like it's your big toe? Or? Yeah, my big toe. <laughs> <laughs> my right boob. No, no. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. That. So for me, and sometimes you'll see it in conversation, I will stop, mm. I'll close my eyes and I'll tap my heart. Mm. So it comes from the heart. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it's the ability to bring my awareness back to my heart space mm. um, and really calm my thoughts and get into my breath and listen to how my responses feel in my body. Mm. Um, because if it feels forced or if it doesn't feel like it flows, 
then mm. I'm probably in my ego. Wow, so using your entire being for that clear audience. Mm. That's cool. You're the first mm. person that said it to me, so I'm glad I'm going to start <laughs> using that. I've always been trying to discern that voice. You know, sometimes it's very crystal clear. I'm like, oh, that wasn't me. Other times it's like, oh God, am I talking to myself? Like, it's just, yeah. But even, so I've, Echo had, ex- chamber. I've had experiences where um, my body's frozen or moved in a certain way, and I have literally gone, that wasn't a th- thought that made me move that way that was my body telling me no or my body telling me to listen or my body it it it, it has been a clear directive from my body mm. to pay attention to what my body wants because your mind answers to your heart yeah beautiful yeah i often feel like the lord's prayer connects me to the universal godhead and mm. opens up that channel it mm. starts to open really and con- connect me i can, sometimes i can feel it in meditation or even in dreams like where I'm just sort of feeling a bit uneasy, I start reciting it and I just feel ooh, like something. And it's quite interesting place. because um, if you take too much plant medicine, which I clearly have, unaware, mm-hmm. um, and you can get to that state where you start to feel a bit anxious or, um, you know, when you, when you start to bring yourself home, you can get in this state of unease sometimes. Um, especially for me, like I, you know, I sit here pretending, you know, or speaking like I'm so um, adverse in plant medicines. I've only done it a handful of times, and before that, I wouldn't touch psychedelics because mm. I was wanted to have this perception of control in my life. Um, mm. But at any moment where I have felt unease in a journey, I've come back to my breath and encountered the Lord's Prayer, and it's really brought me my awareness back into the journey of going to my highest possible timeline. Um, so it. it it settles in my body as safety. Mm. Um, what, what do you think evil is and where does it stem from? Oh. oh. Don't think about it too hard. No, <laughs> I won't. I'm, I literally was like, I'm going to get in my body for this because as you said that um, I felt evil rather than yeah. consciously had a thought about it. Sometimes it's better not to know, but I've always wanted to know like, what are the sort of origins, if that makes sense? Like, oh. And again, Logically, I don't believe I have the answers. You know, there's people mm. that prescribe to the idea of um, lizard people and aliens and mm. um, that sort of theory of how we incarnated on this planet. Yeah. People say Lucifer and demons, but I always thought, is it just a distortion of free will that's gone too far? Or? Well, and what I was going to say is, you know, I do believe that we create our own heaven and we create our own hell. Mm. Um, and you know, if you feel like you're living your own version of hell on earth, you probably are because you're manifesting that into your life. Mm. And people don't like to take responsibility for the life they have created. Um, And you might say, you know, I was born into poverty. I was born into, my parents are drug addicts. Mm. I was born, you know, I'm very grateful that my grandparents were there and some people don't have that support but they didn't protect me per se um in fact a lot of my abuse happened under their care Mm. um but you can choose to be a victim of your circumstances or you can choose to let it guide you to greatness Mm. um and how it guides you to greatness is by getting so curious about how to heal yourself from those memories and heal yourself from that trauma Mm. that you then start to clear the lens of how you view, view the world and it's through that lens that you can start to channel beautiful greatness or, or spirituality or messages or 
Yeah, it's almost like Socrates says there, every adversity has a seed of equal or greater benefit. And um, that's obviously 100% true. Mm. Um, I'm going to do a quick scan yeah, go. of these questions, which I will edit this out. Yeah, go, go, go. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, do you have any, any stories or dreams or happenings that you've happened experiencing spirit besides this mushroom trip that's really been like, wow, like, how did I do that? What is that? <laughs> that sort of shaped you even more with it. You did sort of on your own terms? Not sense? on my own or terms. Spontaneous? I've, I've been psychically attacked. Um, why do you think that would happen? Is that from a, someone on earth or someone in spirit or just mm. wrong place, wrong time? Um, oh. I believe, so, and on the vein of evil, I believe there are people here that want to pull us into darkness. I don't believe they're consciously aware of that decision. Um, and I actually believe it comes from their need to feel powerful and control. Mm. Um, now, do I believe that their 3D bodies are fully aware of what they're here to do? At this moment in time, I'm unsure. I would like to think that everyone has a vein of purity within them and it is their subconscious and their ego that um, takes them down this path. I believe once you're aware of... the... ability to be controlled or perhaps possessed, if you would like to use that terminology. Just influenced. Influence, yep. I believe if once you're aware of the ability that that is, that is a potential possibility in this lifetime, um, then it's kind of like having the awareness will either lead you to being curious and allowing it to happen to yourself or will lead you to your full sovereignty because you don't need to outsource your power to anyone else. Mm. And I think this is where the importance of healing yourself in a spiritual world is really important. Yeah. Because if you aren't healed or if you have a belief that you're not worthy, if you feel that you need to be powerful or to be in control or to give your power away to someone else, you open yourself up to that being a possibility. Mm. If you do the work on yourself to heal those wounds and to really understand where that need for power or that need for acceptance or that need for being visible comes from, um, then you're fine to do it in your own sovereignty. You don't need to give that away to someone else. Mm. Um, like for me, for example, you know, I'm stepping into this realm of, um, of coaching and of being of service to people to guide them through their journeys. Mm. Now, my unofficial mentors and people I aspire to be like are Aubrey Marcus and Blue. I've never heard of Blue before. Who's Blue? Blue, um, her real name's Charlotte. She was, she's one of Aubrey Marcus's friends. They do a lot of work together, um, like Fit for Service that is coming up. She will be one of the headline acts. She was okay. just at uh, Kana and she was a headline act there. So she facilitates ayahuasca. Mm. Um, and, you know, they have 
they have an essence of visibility because mm. they allow themselves to be seen. Um, now, if that need to be visible comes from a need to be validated, you can get trapped in the ego and do it for the wrong reasons rather than like for me, visibility just allows you to reach more people. Mm. Um, and the more ears that we can land in and the more TV screens we can show up on, it allows the ability for people to be activated through our words. Mm, true. Because that's energy that they're tuning into. I heard that if you're reading a book, you're tuning into the original mind of that. And, and like... It's like mantras like Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, just opening that portal essentially. And you get activated, like words are spells. You get activated mm. through listening to people and, and even through storytelling and lessons. Um, it, it can invoke a process in someone which allows them to understand themselves on a deeper level, which is all we're here to mm. do is understand the programming that we've been given to undo that programming to come home to ourselves and our truest essence. Mm. Are there any dangers of being seen <laughs> in this world if you're going... You in know, that, in that, uh, I'm not going to... Or that just a fear thought program? Well, I'm not going to, yeah, well, I'm not going to feed into the fear. Like for me personally, mm. do I think I'm at risk? No, not, not at all. Mm. I'm, I completely stand in my sovereignty and my ability to self-source mm. my my desire my desires to you know I don't need anyone to validate me um, and every time I notice a story that plays into not being worthy or not being validated I choose differently mm. um, will I always make the the right decisions who knows mm. but I'm I'm open and willing to stand in my truth with love and have people that feel good in my system guide me to those decisions yeah. um, because I've come home to myself enough to know what I trust and I, I trust what feels good in my body mm. and I'm okay to say no to the things that don't even if my ego might not understand it at that point in time. You don't have to understand, you just need to, yeah. Okay, I've got another question for you. What, yeah. do, you, what do you think is happening in, the, in this planet at the moment? Is this like a click of awakening or is it just one person awakening or Ooh. is this all happening sort of? Like, what is this exact happening? On it's quite interesting because if I reflect on, you know, and there's levels of awakening and it happens in stages of seven years generally. And generally, people wouldn't start to awaken so until they're in their mid-40s was the general age that people would wake up. Really? Mm. Um, they live till 50, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a very good one. <laughs> yeah, well, but so, and it goes in, in, in stages, but uh, I think we're in a time where potentially we're running out of time to learn our lessons. And I think the generations before us were kind of, They got stuck in the party. They got stuck in the LSD and the, you know, it's interesting. Yeah, literally, like, let's get stoned and let's stay in this loop of feeling good and, and mm. not actually doing anything. Um, and, and it's quite interesting because the more people that are aware, mm. the easier it becomes. Because I think about my nine gram psilocybin experience. Mm. Um, 
I'm in a community of people that are all aware. Back when people were waking up but slower, or aware of the lives they were in slower, they might have been one of 20 people that were aware. Mm. So the level of community to, you know, like we raise people through, through community. Mm. We, we bring the vibration up by the people we surround ourselves with. You are the sum of the five people you spend your most time with. Mm. So if I'm here and everyone I'm around is here, eventually you're gonna to get to here. Mm. And then if one of these people go here and then they'll pull us all up to here, ideally you'd like to think. Yeah. Um, well, someone matches the pace of the other one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if they, are, you know, for me, I share every resource, I share every person that's healed me. Like, I don't, I, I would love to share with everyone all the ways in which to do the work to um, bring online more awareness. But a lot of people don't want to, firstly, because it's scary. Mm. Like, don't get me wrong, it is, it is fucking hard to heal. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you have mm, shit that, you know, I'm a mother and all of my trauma happened when I was a child. The heartbreak that I felt realizing the extent of that trauma consumed me for a while mm. because I just couldn't fathom that someone would do that to a child now that I have my own being to guide in this lifetime. Yeah, so does the trauma come up more intensely when you have your own children? I believe. I, I, it's interesting because I, Lincoln turned four, so my mm. son is four, um, and a lot of my trauma and my memory was around four years old. Mm. And my awareness and my healing from that and bringing that into my frequency has really come online. Yeah, revisiting that through his... Yeah, through his interactions and probably the memories of being his age. Um, mm. And me giving him as much love and tenderness as I can. Part of my reason for starting my healing journey was because I knew there was a part of me that was disassociated to raising a child. Um, because I wouldn't allow myself to feel. Mm. Um, so it was through that desire to understand why I felt this disconnect from my own son that I started to pick at those threads and really deep dive into my trauma. Mm. Wow, mm. that's amazing. When you numb yourself off and you're not feeling anything, mm. what would you recommend people to do to start feeling again in a safe <sighs> environment? Like what are some little things people yeah. can do to really just open back up again? So to give you some context, I probably didn't feel but not probably, I didn't allow myself to feel, I'm 35, my current recollection, recollection of my first level of trauma was two. So 33 years of not feeling anything. And I would express, so something would happen and I would cry, but it would literally be like, cry done. Mm. Um, I would, you know, I was earning half a million dollars a year at um, working for Hayes. Oh. I was, yeah, it was nice. I spent it all though, because I had no concept of, yeah. money's a frequency of love. Mm. And I didn't have the capacity to hold love. Money's a frequency of love. Yeah, money's a frequency of love. Self-love or just love in general? Uh, just love in general. Everything yeah. is kind of the frequency of love. Self-love is what we need to give ourselves first to mm. be able to allow ourselves to feel that from other people and to give it to other people mm. um, without condition. Um, but money is a frequency of love. So I noticed that I could make all of this money but never hold on to it because I mm. didn't think I was worthy of really having love. What do you spend it on? Holidays. Holidays, that's, that's fun. Designer clothes, um, everyone. I've, I've always been re really generous um, mm. and I'm grateful for that trait. Like for me, what's the point? Like I would take my friends on holiday, I would take my family on holiday, I would... Mm, that's expensive. Yeah, quite <laughs> expensive. And like five-star trips to Europe. Oh, well, lucky when, friends. Yeah, so, yeah. I was friends with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still friends with some of them, not all of them were. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I just like for me, I always wanted to share in the feel good. I always wanted, to, you know, how boring would it have been to go to Bali by myself? And if my yeah. friends couldn't afford it, why wouldn't I share that experience with mm. them? Um, but even in those moments, my joy was fleeting. Yeah. Or you were trying to bring those friends up. Mm, mm. And you know, you know, I'd have my biggest paycheck to date. I'd be like, cool. And what it actually was was there was a little voice inside my head that would say, um, so I should probably have a trigger warning of my on this whole podcast, but um, maybe that was a trigger warning. Yeah, great. So um, you know, I would I would get my biggest paycheck to date, and it might have been fifty k after tax. Mm. A little bonus. It's all right. They did all right. Oh, it's nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. <laughs> it's nothing compared to the abundance that I'm going to create because now I can channel it in the right ways and share it with the right people and mm. and. Um, use it to elevate consciousness. Oh, beautiful. I want to be in your circle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I talk about boring belief. So right now I am binging Aubrey Marcus and Blue and I'm putting myself in their frequency. Mm. I'm listening to their podcasts. I'm watching them on YouTube. I am attuning my being to their frequency because mm. that is the life that I want and that is the frequency of abundance that I want to call in. And, and if I can't manifest it myself right now, then... I can bring it to myself through my vision, through my ears and through the frequency of those people. Mm. Like we're in an age where we don't need to be with people in the flesh. We True. can call in that frequency by binging their podcasts. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. So, um, you know, I would get a paycheck of $50,000 and I would go, well, because you were sexually assaulted and because it was your family that that sexual assault came from, you're not worthy of having this abundance you're not worthy mm. of feeling good because how dare you like you're evil you're disgusting mm. you're you're if people knew that uh, these things had happened to you they wouldn't care whether you earned all this money wow um, that's the your ego talking to you and when I it was when I got really curious about why I was being so mean to myself that I actually started to speak into the shame of my abuse and and it was literally the um i remember it I, and to be honest the lady that i spoke to it about didn't hold me in it very well and i'm very grateful that i'm as aware as i am because it could have been very triggering yeah. the second lady i spoke to about it um cat actually and she's great if anyone wants a detail she's the one that did my intuitive coaching um held me in that and and made me feel like she loved me more by being honest and that's mm. how biggest fear, right? Or certainly for me it was. If, if I speak into this truth, people are going to not want to be my friend because um, they're going to judge me for my, my past or my upbringing or, you know, mm. the, the shame of that happening to me. Um, and it was when I first spoke into the depths of my inner critic and mm. spoke it to someone who had the capacity to not judge me and to hold me in that frequency of love whilst I bared mm. my soul to them. That then allowed me to go, well, fuck, she didn't hate me for my truth. She held me in that and she made mm. me realise that it wasn't my choice. Probably was because we do sort of manifest our life, but in the sense that it wasn't my choice to have that happen um, in that way. So, you know... Mm. Speaking into that shame really allowed me to then go, well, I can continue to be mean to myself or I can start to do the work to change the narrative that's going on inside my head. And that's what led me to Invictus. 
Amazing. So it's like you're challenging that inner critic and just proving that it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong. And it's just a, it's a, it's a lie. It's a story that you picked up somewhere. Yeah. Or just the, the spiral of of shame. shame. It's literally yeah. the spiral of shame. Like, well, I had to be bad for those bad things to happen to me. And oh, it's yeah. kind of what we're taught. Like, because if we don't heal, then we can't channel. And if mm. we can't channel, then we don't raise our awareness. I've always been so puzzled by um, shame. How something bad can happen to somebody and then they wear the shame. And it's like, how is that fair? You know? But we're conditioned. Don't talk mm. about it. We don't want, you know, and I... Some people don't. They spend their whole lives and then when they're 60, 50, they, they tell someone... On their deathbed, like, yeah. My grandmother never told anybody about mm. her experiences to death. We just heard about it from other people. And it was mm -hmm. sealed vault. Because they don't want to be judged. And, if, mm. and, and I think as well, and I'm no trauma specialist besides my own trauma, like... If you don't speak about it, it didn't happen. Sometimes speaking about it makes it more real. Like when I um, hold on to something and I tell someone, I can feel the emotion bubbling up. It's like, nope, stay down there. <laughs> yeah, know? literally though. But so yeah, so we're actually lying to ourselves more than anyone mm, else. Exactly, yeah. And, and it's the ability to be able to say, well, you know, truth and love with yourself first mm. and then give that to the rest of the world. True. And there's some people out there that hold a certain vibration that just bring this up. Because I've had friends when I'm around and then I've had emotions come up, I've had memories come up, I've had this whole this stuff come up like, holy crap, is this a curse? Or there's just something about this person can just bring up that. It can elicit oh. memories. It could be yeah. a sound, it could be a smell, it could be their physical appearance. Mm. Um, it could just be that you feel really safe in their frequency and that's the energy that they emit that, you know, mm. they could be appeasing the little boy or little girl in you that was wounded in that moment. And if, if that version of you feels safe, um, they might feel safe to share or to feel that emotion. Yeah. Um, could be a past life connection. It, it mm. could be that your soul recognizes their soul and you have this immediate safety. And you, like, mm. I've met people and I've gone blah. And I'm like, oh, what? why did I tell you all of those things? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think there's just a knowing that there's a deeper connection there. Is there a question you wish people would ask you Ooh. more often? <laughs> No, actually, like no? genuinely, because that is in trying to control the narrative. True. And I feel like that is trying to control the way in which people perceive me. Mm. Like, I want you to perceive me in this way, so ask me this question so I can give you the answer. Mm. So you, you see me in the light that I want you to see me in. True. Rather than allowing them to mm. naturally ask what's alive for them in that moment. True. You never had a download that's been so amazing. It's like, oh my god, I've got to tell somebody. Or yeah, and I call like, my oh, friends and I tell them. <laughs> okay, <yeah. laughs> okay, best download you've had in the last two weeks. Oh. Or just insight that's been like, oh, that's nice. Um, we are taught to fear those who help us the most. We are taught to fear those who help us the most. Mm, that way we kill all the prophets. <laughs> and. Um, and we are taught, this is where like the download that came the other day was, you know, that we're taught to overcomplicate things. Mm. Um, and it's in the simplicity that we actually come back to our sovereignty and our ability to not outsource our power, like literally by simply doing breath. Um, but we're in a society which is so programmed to be overstimulating and to do all of the things and to have magic appear to be like a magic show rather than in the micro moments. And the simplicity and the mundane, mm. yeah. Mm. 
Um, what do you think love is and how do we access more of it? <sighs> what do I think love is? What do you feel love is? True. What do I feel love is? Or both. <laughs> love is the answer. I mm. genuinely believe. Um, so I'll give you a real life example. My birthday party a couple of weeks ago um, was a profound experience for me mm. and everyone that was involved in that. And I feel it's because... Thanks for the invite, by the way. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> we, I don't... Had we met? No, we didn't meet. We had, yeah, we had met. But time's linear, so you should <laughs> yeah, have Yeah, I should have okay? known. <laughs> I was like, I got it. Because time, I'm like, when, back how did this fall in the, the sequence of events in our linear thinking? Maybe no. The, maybe the next time. We I think it was, it was actually the Saturday that we met after my birthday. Oh, really? okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, magic... So, you've distracted me now. So, magic, <laughs> magic kept happening after that. Not just mm. for me, but for people. You know, people would say, well, I've had a, a magical day or, you know... I've signed this new client or um, my ex-boyfriend has called me or um, something difficult that was happening in my life now doesn't seem as difficult. Um, and what I came to believe or feel in my body is that we were holding the frequency of love so high that night and mm. people got to witness love pouring into me mm. um, and Jamie, whose birthday it was the same night as well. And people got to witness that frequency of love and to be in the frequency of us receiving that love mm. um, and then magic literally started to happen Wow! Um, in everyone's lives like everyone that was touched in that moment got to experience some form of magic in their lives wow that's beautiful mm. so it was then i sort of started to go well i actually believe magic happens within the frequency of love and it has to come from unconditional love of ourselves and what i mean by unconditional love of ourselves is if we trip or if we uh, choose to learn some lessons, to, to learn it with compassion of ourselves first, mm. to not be afraid to say, you know, this is what I feel or believe or think, but if that affects your reality and your truth in some way, help me understand why. Um, and to really start to believe that love is real. Mm. Because I believe for a lot of us, we think that love comes with condition. And it starts with believing that the love of ourselves comes with condition. Mm. Wow. So obviously self-love is actually selfless. Yeah. And, and, and just kind and compassionate. Mm. Um, you know, coming back to love if you've, if you've made some wrong decisions. And this is why when I, you know, I try to pause before I respond or I try to get into the frequency of my heart, the frequency of love, and I do this to remind myself, where, where is this answer coming from? Mm. Where are you responding from right now? Are you responding from your ego? Are you responding from your heart? So it's, it's a reminder to myself, like what, what frequency are you dialed into right now? Mm. Um, and even in my gratitude that I write, most nights, um, I will say I'm grateful for the ability to choose better tomorrow. Beautiful. Because I might not have chose correctly today, but I chose in that moment with the awareness that I had in that moment, with the level of love and truth for my highest self in that moment. But mm. if I have more awareness or more information today, 
I might have chose differently and have compassion for that. Beautiful. Ready for the last question? Mm. Um, what do you think God is? Mm. Why is it so misunderstood? And um, have you experienced what you believe to be source, consciousness, God, or whatever it is, whatever label you assign what I'm pointing at? <laughs> I'm actually going to say I don't know, and I'm okay mm. with that. Wow. And I think we can get caught up, especially in spirituality, to feel like we need to have all the answers to be evolved. Mm. Um, potentially, when my awareness comes online fully, I will have an understanding of what God is or God consciousness is. Mm. Um, I'm okay to declare that in this moment, my truth is I'm not sure. Mm. I do subscribe to the idea that there is something beyond us. I've dabbled with the thought of Christ consciousness and that is that Christ consciousness is the highest level of awareness or awakening or spirituality. Mm. I'm not sure where that sits in my being and I'm currently in the phase of questioning that reality or that thread. Mm. Um, you know, given the Lord's Prayer brings me so much peace. Yeah. I'm curious as to whether that's because I'm praying to myself and my Christ consciousness mm. or because there is a creator out there um, and that we are divinely guided. Mm. It's both. Exactly. Mm. So I don't need to have the answer. I just feel that there is more awareness that will come in that realm mm. and that I'm comfortable with with my ability to channel what I feel to be guidance from being divinely held by the universe. Beautiful. Have you ever tried to channel any of these ascended masters or divine no. beings? Just, not just for like help, but just the curiosity of like, no. are someone out there? No. no. I have no desire to give this vessel over to anyone but myself. Mm. Um, and I don't need to, oh, like, have I invoked Kali when someone's pissed me off? Yeah. Mm. Consciously, I've gone, fuck you, let Carly rain down on you. Mm. Would I try to channel Carly into my being? No. Mm. Because I, I feel that our ability to ascend relies on us remaining sovereign. Mm. True. Excellent. I think that's a wrap. Thanks. Thank you very much. That was beautiful.